I'd like you to turn in your Bibles as we start and turn to Romans 10 that was read earlier. Uh, your outline, of course, is in the bulletin. And uh, I want to, we throw words around. Everybody does it, but we Christians throw words around. And sometimes we don't really understand what they mean. And uh, I'd like to address one of those words this morning. And uh, just have that, have Romans 10 there at the ready. We're going to get to it. You know, I don't know what you will accomplish in your life as a Christian, uh, but I can tell you the measurement uh, that will measure what you will accomplish. Uh, Jesus said this clearly and plainly uh, in Mar Matthew chapter 9 when he healed these two blind men. And he said, according to your faith, be it done to you. Not according to your fame or, or your feelings or your fortune, uh, not according to friends or fate or any of those things, but according to your faith, be it done to you. Uh, you see, faith is the medium of exchange in the kingdom of heaven. That's what faith is. And when you go to Publix, for example, uh, you get groceries for dollars. That's, that's the way we work it. Uh, but we receive from God by faith. And faith is the greatest, it is the greatest asset that we have. And I believe that unbelief is the greatest stumbling block. And you know, that was mentioned in one of the songs we sang uh, right at the beginning. Uh, unbelief is a stumbling block. And it was unbelief that caused uh, Eve to sin against God in the Garden of Eden. She failed to believe what God said. And it was uh, unbelief that locked the door to the promised land. Uh, the Israelites did not go in, the Bible says, because of their unbelief. It was unbelief that tied the, uh, tied the hands of Jesus in his own hometown. And scripture tells us he, he could do no mighty works there because of their unbelief. So did you know that uh, the sin that sends people to hell today is not lying and murder and rape and arson and sexual perversion. It's not pride. It's not arrogance. It is unbelief. Uh, and you see, Jesus died. He died for all those other sins, as terrible as they are, but he died for those other sins. Those sins have been paid for. So the Bible says, he who believes in Christ Jesus is not condemned. But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed. And it's unbelief that shuts the door to heaven. And so are you with me? We're in, in Romans chapter 10. And uh, uh, the, I want you to see the, uh, the ways that God gives to us to have a biblical faith, a biblical faith. And the first one I want you to see is what I'll call the reality 
of biblical faith, the reality. Look at verse 11. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Whoever believes on him. Now, faith must have the right object to be real faith. And I'm talking about the reality here, the reality of faith. And you hear some people say, oh, just have faith. You know, they just have faith. Or, oh, only believe. And when I hear that, the first question that comes to my mind is faith in what? Faith in what? Uh, and so you can finish this line on your outline. Your faith is no better than its object. It's no better than its object. The Bible says in Mark eleven twenty two. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Faith in God, whoever, whosoever believes in him. Today, there's so many people who think of faith as positive thinking. Positive thinking. And that's what, that's what so many think faith is. Just, oh, just think positive. And faith is, is not positive thinking. I mean, it's good to have positive thinking. There's no question about that. There's nothing wrong with that. Uh, but the reality of biblical faith is in verse 11 that we are to believe on him. Your faith is no better than its object. And I've, I've come to believe over the years, uh, you know, I, I, you, you experience so many things. And I've, I've come to believe that weak faith in the right object is better than misplaced faith in the wrong object. We are to believe in him. Uh, you remember what it says in, in uh, Hebrews 12 too? We're to be looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher or the author and perfecter of our faith. Don't look at your look. You know, don't put faith in faith. Uh, put your faith in God, the lover of our souls, the shepherd of the flock, the, the, the uh, uh, redeemer of mankind. Weak faith in the right object is still better than misplaced faith in the wrong object. And, uh, you know, you say, well, Will God honor weak faith? And I'm saying, yes, he certainly will. I mean, if he didn't, many of us right here would probably be hurting for certain. Uh, you know, but do you remember the story over in Mark chapter 9 uh, where there was this man who uh, had a demon-possessed boy? And he came to Jesus and he said, Lord, if you will, you can heal my son. And then in verse 23, Jesus says to him, if you can believe... All things are possible to him who believes. And then this, this, this man, this father, says, uh, it says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. And, and Jesus gave him what he needed. The man had weak faith. Uh, but Jesus gave him what he, need, uh, what he needed. But you see, it was weak faith in God. It, was, he wasn't, it wasn't in something else or someone else. It was weak faith, but it was in God. And I'm not saying we ought to have weak faith. I mean, far better that we have st uh, strong faith, but, but put it in the object of Almighty God. And so many times we seem to have faith in, in so many other things. 
we, we, if we have a lot of money in the bank, hey, nothing can happen to me. I've, I've got faith in, uh, well, in my security, my financial security. Have faith in God. And, uh, and so it's the way to have strong faith. To find, and you've got to find out who God is. Uh, A.W. Tozer uh, used to say that our religion is no better than the concept we have of our God. You think about that. And there are people who, who say crazy things. Uh, and it tells you about their concept of God and what, what it means, to, what he means to them. They talk about, well, you know, the man upstairs was look, looking out for me or my buddy up there, and those kinds of things, so flippant, so, so uh, um, just meaningless. It, it, it's just, uh, it tells you what's going on in their mind. But if you don't know much about his word, chances are you don't know much about him. And if you don't know much about him, chances are that you don't have much of a grip on the faith you say you have. Uh, let me tell you a story. Way, uh, this is, it's a true story, but it, it illustrates my point. Way up north, where the, at the very source of the Mississippi River, uh, it was a bitter cold winter. The Mississippi River was uh, frozen over. And there was this man who wanted to cross over the, the, the river, but he he was kind of a ways away from the bridge that went over, and he didn't want to go all the way down that far and to uh, cross, the, cross the river. And so he, he, he says, you know, uh, he, he said, you know, I could probably walk across that on the frozen ice and save myself the trip across. He didn't see anybody out there. Uh, it, it was, it looked, uh, the, the ice looked very thick and crusty and hard and so forth. He said, you know, I, I think I can make that trip. I won't, have to I won't have to go all the way down there. So he begins to walk across this river on the ice. And when he got pretty way out, pretty long ways out there, uh, he, he looks across to the other side and he says, maybe I ought not be out here. I mean, uh, maybe this ice won't hold me up, and if I fall through, nobody will know where I am. I'm such a fool. What am I doing out here? And so he turns around to go back, and he realizes it's just as far to go back as it is to finish the crossing. And, and so uh, he, he says to himself, well, I better get down on all fours because I spread my, my weight a, a, a little better, and maybe I can make it. And then he says to himself, that's not enough. I better lie down and, and squirm across. What a fool I am. My wife will never know what happened to me. You know? And he begins to cry, and he's whimpering. And he's, you know, it's, he, he, then he heard it. He's down there. And he heard this loud, roaring, cracking noise. And he puts, and he's, he's thinking, oh, no. The ice, the ice is cracking. I'm a goner. And, and so he, he just puts his face down. He begins to cry, oh, God, save me, help me. And that, that rumbling and roaring noise gets closer and closer 
but the ice didn't seem to break. You know, and he, he looks up, and there was a, a, a man coming up on him, and he's, he's driving a sled full of logs with two horses that are cr- coming across the ice. And, and you know, he, he sees that, and he's, he's, uh, he jumps up, and he brushes the snow off his clothes, and he takes a, a very uh, easy stroll across the rest of the river. Uh, and I'm thinking, well, what was the difference between him and the man who was driving the horses? Well, the, the difference was that the second man knew the ice. <laughs> he knew the ice. Beloved, where does faith come from? It comes from a knowledge of God. And whoever believes on him, on him, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. You want to have strong faith? Don't try to make yourself believe. Get to know the living God. And I've got a couple of verses uh, on your outline there. Psalm 9:10. You can look these up uh, later, but here's what they say. Psalm 9:10. And those who know thy name will be will put their trust in thee. And then Daniel 11:32. But the people who know their God will display strength and take action. They know their God. They have confidence, not in themselves, but in their God. Now, that's the reality of biblical faith. Your faith is no better than its object. Uh, You've got to know God. Now, there's a second thing I want you to see. And not only the reality of biblical faith, but the root of the root of biblical faith. All true biblical faith is rooted not not only in knowing God, but from in the hearing from God that you know. And if you look at verse, uh, look at Romans uh, 10 again, look at verse 14, and then uh, a little bit of 17. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? So then, verse 17, then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, I don't want you to miss this. That uh, in order to have faith, you got to hear from God. And you you cannot know the will of God by guessing at it. You know, verse 17 says that faith comes. Faith comes. You don't generate it. Uh, You know, it comes. God gives faith. And Ephesians 2, verse 8, we're very familiar with that verse. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it. What? Faith is a gift uh, of God. God gives faith. And no one can believe God unless God enables him to believe through the Holy Spirit. Every one of us who calls on the name of Jesus, every one of us here who has made a profession of faith in him, has heard from someone 
the word of God that caused you to trust in him. You all have a story. And God enabled you through the Holy Spirit to, to say, that's, that's, that, that was for me, that's true. And so you, you received it, you embraced it. God gives you his word. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and I got to say this because this is contrary to some that are out there today. And, you know, uh, you don't name it and claim it. God speaks. Write it down. God speaks and you believe it and you receive it. And Hebrews 11.1, 1, uh, you can put that in the margin by Romans 10.17, by the way. And it says this, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, the word hope there, well, what, is, what does that mean, uh, hope? Well, today it means maybe. Today it'll, it'll mean maybe. Uh, it, means, it means a strong desire, uh, like I, I hope the Tampa Bay, uh, Tampa Bay Rays would beat the Baltimore Orioles last night. That I hoped they would. By the way, they did. Uh, but, but the word hope in the Bible does not mean what our modern day hope means. Hope in the Bible is this bedrock assurance based on the promise of, of God. That's what hope is. It, it, it means anticipation, uh, and it means assurance. Assurance mingled with anticipation. That's why the Bible calls the second coming of Jesus the blessed hope. It's not the blessed maybe. <laughs> we don't say with great assurance, well, maybe Jesus will come one day. But that's not it. It's the blessed hope, and we know he's coming, and how do we know because he said so. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And that word some, substance, it means something beneath, something you can stand on. And, you know, when you, when you live by faith, you're not walking around on eggshells and jello. That's not the, the, the life of, of the, the believer in Christ. Uh, so, beloved, Faith is substance. And, and why? Because it is the very essence of what God uh, has said. You see, that, that, that's where faith comes from. The root of faith is the word of God. The root of it. And uh, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So how does God communicate this word? There are two words for the word, word, in the Greek. There are two words. Uh, the first one is logos, L-O-G-O-S, and Jesus is called the logos, the, the word of God. The logos, we could say, is the Bible, you know, written, the, the written word that tells us about the living word. Uh, Jesus is the logos, the Bible is the logos, it's just, it simply means the word. The other word for word is rima, R-H-E-M-A, rima. And that's the word that's used here in verse, in, in verse 17. 
And that's, uh, and it's, verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing from, by the rima of God. Uh, now, rima means, it means an utterance. It, it means a spoken word. You could call it a word from the word. You could say that. And you take the Bible, that's the logos, and you're reading it, and God begins to speak to you out of the Word of God. And, and I know this has probably happened to just about everybody here. And you're reading something, and wow, you've read it maybe several times before, and all of a sudden, bam, it jumps off the page. And you, you, you hear from God. And that's the reason, beloved, that before I come, uh, before I came here this morning, for example, before I will come to speak, uh, whatever church, and now that I'm retired, it's here and there and everywhere. But I, I get on my knees and I ask God to, to uh, help me to communicate. And uh, because, beloved, in order for you to have, uh, have faith, you don't need to hear from Pastor Terry. You've got to hear from God himself. You've got to hear from him. All I can do is be the messenger, but it is God who gives the message. It's not enough to hear a sermon. <clears throat> you, you must get a rima from God. So how does God speak to you or give you something? I think I mentioned it just now. You're reading your Bible, you're praying, and God puts this portion in your heart and you say, man, that's for me. That is for me. And you say, well, God never speaks to me that way. Well, are you listening? Are you listening? Do you have a time alone where it's just you and God? There's no distractions. You don't, have, you don't even have Z88 on. You don't have, <clears throat> you don't have Christian's uh, station. You don't have, <clears throat> oh my, I guess I need a drink. I hit the Bible twice. I hit the bottle twice. Sorry. But, um, you know, are you listening? Do you have a place where there's no distractions? And we get, we have so many distractions. When, when I was coming over, I enjoyed uh, almost the whole trip with no radio on. I just, you know, I, honestly, there are times when I just want to hear the road noise. I don't, you know, it's nothing. It's white noise, but I don't want distractions. And, uh, but are you, are you saturated with the Word of God? Do you want to hear from Him? The, the root of faith is the rima of God. The, the reality of faith is, uh, is it, that it's faith in God, not faith in faith. And so here's the third thing real quick. I know we got to get going here. The result of biblical faith. The result. What does faith do? Just what is the purpose of biblical faith? Uh, faith is not getting man's will done in heaven. A lot of times that's how we pray. But it's getting God's will done on earth. And so the result of biblical faith is that the will of God is done. That's the result. 
you really, you, you really can't have true biblical faith for anything that's not the will of God. And, I, and you think, well, why is that? Because faith is the gift of God. Faith comes from, the, from hearing the word, and God's not going to give you a word on something that's not his will. And it's that simple. Now, that's a wonderful thing because it keeps God in control. And don't think that you can have whatever, you know, whatever you want uh, just by believing you can have it. Uh, there are some who will tell you to do that. But, for example, if I had enough faith, <clears throat> uh, I could turn this building into solid gold. Not unless God wants this building solid gold. Uh, and, and yet, you know, uh, you understand what I'm saying? By, by praying the will of God, it keeps him in control and not me. And I say that because if I had, uh, for example, some unlimited, incredible, miraculous faith, uh, it would be a curse. It would be a curse for me. If you could just say, well, I can believe and I can have whatever I want, you'd make a mess of things. I would make a mess of things because of my humanity that will get in there and my carnality, and uh, I'd make a mess of things. It would put you in the driver's seat and not God. And I want God in the driver's seat. The result of faith is that the will of God is done. And you and I will reap more blessings because the will of God is something that you must do. It's something we get to do. We get to do the will of God. And sometimes we don't see that, and sometimes we don't like that. Uh, but what is re the reality of faith? It's faith in God. What's the root of faith? You hear from God. And what is the result of faith? God's will is done. Now, lastly, how do you release that? How do you release biblical faith? I mean, how today are you going to release your faith? Now, true biblical faith does not, uh, it, it does more than believe. True biblical faith obeys. It obeys. In other words, if what you say you believe does not translate into action, do you really believe it? I mean, we say we do, but what, what are we doing individually and as a body that uh, translates into faith in action? And uh, notice verse 16 in Romans 10. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. And you think, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought you were to believe the gospel. Well, we are. Uh, when you believe it, you obey it. And that makes faith belief with legs. Belief with legs. And maybe you're thinking, well, but wait a minute, Pastor. If I can't believe what God says, then it's not my fault, it's God's fault. Uh, because God didn't give me the faith. So it's his fault. And, I mean, you said you can believe. Uh, no one can believe unless God speaks to him. And maybe God didn't speak to me, and so it's not my fault. 
Nice, that's a nice way to take care of it, right? But look at verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? You see, not everybody there was a believer. Not everybody in any church is necessarily a believer. And, you know, it says uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say have, uh, but it says, but I say, uh, have they not heard? Yes, they heard, but they didn't obey. God spoke, but, you know, why didn't they believe? Look at verse 21. But to Israel, he says, all day long I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. God is speaking. God brought you here today. God says, I love you. But not everybody will obey the gospel. Not everybody will release their faith to him. You know, and God stretches out his, his hands, and there are people who are disobedient and contrary. And you see that the word contrary, the New American Standard and the NIV translate it obstinate. In other words, you debate. And you hear the word of God, uh, and, and God speaks, and the Holy Spirit says, yes, that's true. But you paraded across the judgment bar of your mind, and you say, you know what? I, I, think, I don't think I'm going to believe that. I, I'm not going to obey that. And God stretches out his hands all the time to a disobedient and contrary people because they haven't all obeyed the gospel. Beloved, we must release our faith by obedience. When Jesus Christ hung on Calvary's cross, he did more than die for our sins. He united God and man. And on one hand, he took sinful man. On the, uh, and on the other, he took a holy God. And as they drove those spikes into his hands on the cross, Jesus reconciled God to man. Beloved, if you go to heaven, and I truly hope you will, you're not going to get there on the wagon of good works. You know, it's, you're, you're not going to climb up there on the ladder of logic uh, or, or the railroad of, uh, or the, I should say the rocket of reason, but it, you're going to get there on the railroad of redemption. The, the good old T&O, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And the release of our faith comes as you say, I believe it. Therefore, I obey, it, I obey it, and I give you my heart. Father, Lord, I pray this, this morning that, oh God, that there would be those, even here today, Father, that would realize the truth of what real biblical faith is. And would say yes to Jesus and be saved. And Father, uh, there might be others, Father, that would have a tighter grip on this wonderful gift that you've given us, the gift of biblical faith. 
Father, may it be, for we pray it in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen.